You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We will only read verse 1 to 5. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you what a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. If you come to think of it, Abram's life was just starting when the Lord gave him a break that indeed at the age of 75, God was doing mighty things in his life. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, or his nephew, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, the rest was history. God was simply saying and telling Abram, I want you to leave your country in your father's household. The instruction is so clear. Leave and leave. You understand? Leave and leave everybody. And I find it very puzzling that Abraham has, or probably his nephew, opted to be with him. The instruction of God is don't bring anyone. So if you take a closer look, there was a simple disobedience, whether that's big or not. Disobedience is one and the same. If you don't want to follow God, it is still disobedience. This is why this account will really cost Abraham most of his decisions. It will have an effect because by not following God to the dot, okay, it will, should I say, have future repercussions. So make a long story short, the Lord asked Abraham to move. But remember that in this life, when God promises a blessing, it is guaranteed that you will what you will encounter certain humps and bumps along the road. So verse 10, now there was famine in the land. Abram was caught as well off guard of this situation because our faith is not just geared towards enjoying what God has promised, that unwavering faith will have blessings and more than just blessings, it is guaranteed that we have testings. So if you're here right now, you're telling me, Pastor, the reason why I became a Christian because I want God to bless my life. You are correct. But God wants to bless your life. The problem with a lot of Christians is that they thought that by going to church and doing what God wants and reading your Bible and doing what you need to do as a Christian will guarantee all the blessings that come your way. Remember, God's objective is not to bless you. That is only secondary. Some of us here, and most of us here, our understanding is that the reason why I'm a Christian, because my primary goal is for God to bless my life. You're not getting it right. That's the reason why in your relationship with God, there is a disconnect. There is a confusion. Do you understand? Because you have to be in the same plane, the same page with God. And God is simply saying, I want to bless your life, but my what? My agenda is not just to bless your life, but to increase your faith. Because if your faith is not increasing and you are thoroughly blessed, the blessings that I will bless you with will do more harm than good. Because your faith is centered on the provision more than just the provider. That you exist for what you can get from God and not who God is. So if you know God, your faith grows as well. So when you are confronted with what with testings and challenges that comes your way, you will not be surprised and you will not be shaken because you understand that, Lord, the goal of Christianity is not just for me to be blessed, but for my faith to grow stronger. So if you want your muscles to grow, just like what I've been using as an illustration, you have to lift weights. I have tried lifting weights. 
So this is why it is important that before we start and dive into the third installment of our series, what is the purpose why we need to what, go through challenges and testings? Because the goal of God is not to bless you, but to grow your faith. So if you have problems, I want you right now to really thank God. Pag meron po tayong hinaharap na problema, kailangan po nating tumawa kahit pilit. <laughs> problema. You have to rejoice. Why the Bible in the book of James says in chapter 1, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith will develop, will grow, will mature perseverance. So if you are in a situation where you're struggling to overcome and you're fighting against all odds, you are right at the center of that situation. And you are right at the center of the will of God. Because when you're in trouble, there's no other way but to defer back to God. All of us, we go through something. So this is a huge problem. Because our message today is divided into three chapters. I don't know if that's the right word. Or three acts or three scenes. Or it's a series of events in the life of Abram. So we will talk about three chapters. In scene one, chapter one of his life, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 to 16, the title of this portion and chapter of his life is the famine. Now, there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. What was the instruction of God? Go to Canaan. He went down to Egypt. Is there any instruction that has been stipulated that you go to Egypt? There was no instruction. So Abram was simply moving based on what he wants. Based on the situation that there is famine, there's no other way but for me to look for ways and means in order for me to really find food. But remember, that's your solution. And some of you here can relate with Abraham. Before you make a decision and a solution towards a problem, you don't even pray. Because you feel like, I think it is just obvious that I should take this decision. Did you pray? Haven't you noticed? When you have a headache, yung sakit ng ulo, what's the first thing that you do? To pray or to look for a medicine? You don't pray because I can still handle it. But if you have a malignant disease, do you look for medicine or you pray? Don't expect God to bring forth healing in your life if you can even trust God with smaller things. So Abraham was doing things according to what he wants and based on his own understanding and wisdom because he was simply saying that probably God can provide us in Egypt with whatever we need and what we want. When he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a beautiful woman in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is Abram's wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Is there any account in this passage where it says that the Egyptians will kill Abram? Can you find a passage? Check it out after we're done here. There's no account where a group of Egyptians opted to kill Abram. When you do things out of fear and you're outside the will of God and you're doing things not based on what God wants, you are susceptible to a lot of things. When you begin accommodating fear in your life, there is this uncanny ability for all of us to think of what's worse and what's evil and what's not right and proper. I don't know if you can relate with me. I mean, cancer. You have been in that situation where it's a minor thing, but your mind starts working on things that are not right and proper. And some of you can even sleep just because of that nagging feeling and lies in your head. Why? Because again, this is a sign that you have done something that's not of God. 
This is why it is important that all of us should have an imaginary circle that we can use as a reference that God is telling us to stay in the middle of that circle. I call it the circle blessing. And I would always teach my kids, as long as you are inside the circle and you don't go out and do the things that God is not calling you to do, everything will work out fine. So my question with you right now, are you right smack at the center of God's will or you're doing things and you're trying to really justify and even reason with God? Sa Panginoon naman to eh. Yung relationship na to talagang nagmamahalang kami. Gusto naman ng Panginoon na masaya kami. But my question with you right now, what are you doing right now in that relationship? Are you so consumed with one another that you're not pleasing God? A relationship that is centered on the Lord Jesus Christ will not be consumed and be caught up with one another. That you're growing together in your relationship and you want to serve God and everything that you're doing is pleasing before God. The way you relate, the way you look at each other, the way you touch each other. Do you want me to elaborate further? Or you got my point? This is what Abraham said. Say, you are my sister, that you may go well with me. Wives, will you be happy if your husband will tell you, okay, I'm going to introduce you to my friends. Tell them you're just my sister. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. What kind of guy do we have here? It started by going out of where God wants him to be. He went to Egypt, which is not really the will of God, and one what? One wrong move leads to a lot of mistakes. But the good news is you can make a U-turn. And he advised his wife to lie. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. Fear leads to greater fear. So the enemy wants you to start with fear. Start your day with fear. Start your day based on what you want and what you think is right. That's the reason why the enemy will do everything in order for you not to start your day with a prayer. You do understand a day with a prayer and a day without a prayer. You feel it, right? So no matter how busy you are and you have all the reasons not to pray because you're busy, I am telling you right now, if you're busy and things are not going to go well the way you want it to be, I am highly convinced that in the middle of the day, you will have a time for prayer. Don't wait for that moment. Start your day with a prayer. Start your day meditating God's word. Because if you don't do things God's way, you will do things the other way. If you don't do things by faith, you will do things by the spirit of fear. But if you start the day right and you trust God, everything will fall out right. You've been in that situation where everything is not working well, but you started your day with God. You can still smile. Because you started by faith. And when the princess of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken, Sarai, into Pharaoh's house. And for her sake, he dealt well with Abraham. And he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male servants, female servants, female donkeys, and camels. He was made rich. Even though this is not the will of God, he was blessed. If you take a closer look, Pharaoh, okay, in the next verses, rebuked Abraham. Why do you introduce your wife as your sister? Because there was a plague that fell on Egypt. One of the things that I want you to take note, if you're writing things down, that their visit in Egypt was also the moment wherein they have invited one of the the maidservants to join them. And her name is Hagar, who has caused a lot of problems, not just in this account, but years down the road. Hagar is the mother of, of Ishmael, in whom all of the Arabs and Muslims came from. And I love our Muslim brothers and friends because they're created in the image and likeness of God. But because of the decision of Abraham, they created a domino effect. Now, we don't have a time to talk about this, but I hope you don't understand that though Abraham was blessed, what he did was not right, and he will suffer the consequences of what he did. And you know what I'm talking about. 
that even though you have repented, humingi po tayo ng kapatawaran sa Panginoon, sisingilin pa rin tayo, hindi na Panginoon, ng ating mga ginawa. Because it's part of life. There is justice. But as you go through the justice and the consequences of what you did, if you will respond in humility, the Lord will give you the grace to take it on. This is why, if you take a closer look, Abraham was learning the ropes of how he can possibly trust God. Scene 1, Act 1, Chapter 1 was about the famine. We're going to proceed in this next chapter. That after the famine and learning whatever mistakes he has done, there is a fallout. The fallout is a simple story of Abraham and his nephew Lot. So Abraham went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and a lot with him into Negev. Now, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold because God has blessed him. But you need to understand that what he did in Egypt was a total waste because he did things outside of the will of God. And God gave him life. God was still faithful. God carried him through. How many of you here are thankful that though we are faithless, God has been so faithful? And this is the heart of God for each and every person that because of the goodness of God, we will eventually repent. It will bring us to repentance. This is why the God that we serve is slow to anger and abounding in love. He wants us to repent. This is what's happening in the life of Abraham, that he has prospered by God. That the means in which he has accomplished the things that he has was not because of the will of God. It was because of his disobedience. And yet the grace of God is active in his life. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and I, to the place where he had made an altar at the first and there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. What he did in Egypt wasn't really right. He was blessed by God. That's the second disobedience. The first one was what? Leave your country in your father's household. He what? brought Lot with him. Another form of disobedience. But he was not disqualified from God's calling and God's plan for his life. But every wrong move and disobedience, though the grace of God is overwhelming, you will eventually suffer the consequences of what you did. Kaya may mga kakilala kong Christiano, Kahit mali ako, ang grace ng Panginoon magbibigay sa akin ng kalakasan. Yes, I agree with you. But what you did in the past, even though you have a new life, a new direction, a new destiny, it will still haunt you. It will still hurt you. This is why it is important that we trust God and know the purposes that as we go through all the trials and the challenges that comes our way, this is not just because I want to serve whatever I want and my appetite. I want to be in a place where in Lord I am willing and ready to say no to the things that I want because my goal is not just to live a comfortable life, but for my faith to grow and mature. And some of you here, you're believing God for a car, for a brand new car, and suddenly somebody gives you an offer of a second-hand car. And because you're more consumed with having a car and the image of having a car, you would opt for what you think is something that you would like and want, but this is not really what I want. The problem is not even believing God for a car. You just don't have the faith to trust God. The Lord, I am willing to wait because in waiting, my faith is growing. You don't know how to wait. And Lot who went with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support both of them dwelling. Why? Because the instruction, don't bring your nephew. Because the land cannot sustain you. But because he is stubborn. And I believe Abraham is a Filipino. He opted to bring his nephew. He opted to cut corns and go to Egypt and feed his family. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Whose fault is this that they cannot dwell together? It was his fault. The instruction is leave them 
and move forward. This is the reason why. He has a problem. So at times, people would approach me and tell me, Pastor, pray for me. Palagi na ako may sakit. Alam mo pinagdadasal ko? Na matauhan, na matuto, na magkaroon ng wisdom. Pastor, pag-pray mo ako, but at the back of his mind, tatlong linggo na ako nagpupuyat eh. I'm glad that probably some of you here are working in the wee hours of the day, but some would just play video games until 3 a.m. And when you get sick, you ask me to, Pastor, pag-pray mo yung lungs ko, ah, ano na naman yung mga kinain mo? Yun dapat ang ipagdasal natin, hindi yung karamdaman mo. At times we ask God for a breakthrough, but what brought you here because of your stubbornness? They cannot dwell together because it was His fault. And you approach God, and it's even in fact hard to approach God and ask Him for healing when you know that your sickness is of your own doing. Napakahirap, di ba? This is why, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and herdsmen of Lot's livestock. They fought and they have a disagreement because of the condition of the land and the time the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. This is really a bad testimony because you are a representative of God and I've seen this through the years. Both Christians would fight and they would allow the world to witness whatever they're doing. So I hope that you now understand that one disobedience of bringing Lot, it caused disagreement. Almost in this account, it has caused their testimony. If they are really followers of Christ because with the actions that they have in treating one another is not of God. Remember, one wrong move, it can create a ripple effect. One wrong move, it will create a dominant effect. One wrong move is tied to something bigger that we know nothing of. When you disobey God and you choose to live outside of the circle of blessing, you are vulnerable. Yes, the grace of God will be provided. But if you're living in sin, God wants to protect you. But it is He who went outside of that blessing. Now you are susceptible. Remember, every form of obedience is bringing you closer to the center of where God wants you to be. So my question with you right now, will you be enamored and caught up with what you want to fulfill in life and how you can possibly get rich and earn more than what is enough? And map out your life. There's nothing wrong of mapping out your life and planning for your life. It will come if you constantly obey. Kahit wala kang plano, but your habit and your culture is to constantly obey, you will be blessed. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me. He was fixing the problems. Matagal mo nang inayos to eh. I'm glad I wasn't born in their era. Ikaw eh, di na lang mo pa yun eh. Kasalanan mo to eh. So, if you don't obey God in the past, you'll have to face the music. Because you'll have to face the consequences of your disobedience. Itatama mo rin yan. So sa una palang itama mo na. Do you understand? Is this helping you? So start right with God. And between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. It's not the whole land before you. Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. What a loving uncle. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. What a loving leader. That Abraham in this story is a picture that he's growing in faith. Because if this is Abraham that came out of Egypt, who's always out there to save his face and himself, he's so immature. Who would in his right mind, a husband, who would tell his wife, tell them, you're my sister. Try doing that to your wife now. You will die tomorrow. Do you understand my point? But I believe Abraham was learning from his mistakes. 
Why? Because he wasn't consumed of saving himself. When a person becomes self-centered, he is consumed of saving himself. When he is selfless, he thinks of other people. This is the reason why he opted to what? Ask Lot, where do you want to go? He's growing. Anybody here, you're happy that you're maturing the past few weeks? Hindi ka na nagmumura. Nagbabago. You're loving. Can you relate with me? The Lord has changed your heart. And you don't have, in fact, anything to brag because it was God who changed your life. So he asked his nephew in a loving manner because Abraham has matured and grown to not trust what he sees. If you read the whole chapter, the reason why Lot opted for an area, because from his own vantage point and his own perspective, it is well watered. The problem with this one is that the area that he opted to live in is not just well watered, it is beside a sinful city. But if you're a person who's consumed of what's in it for me and what I can get, it is easy for you to decide because even though I will compromise my faith down the road as long as everything will be provided, because his language is, I want more blessings than a growing faith of trusting God that it is God who can bless me. And this is why a lot of us are willing to compromise our faith because we want to gain so much in life. Even if you have gained so much, you know this, and have counseled people that they have so much when your relationship with God is at stake. Everything in just a matter of time will fall apart. You know the repercussions of doing things based on what you see. And we see in the life of Abraham, he was willing to allow Lot to make a decision. But Lot's perspective is always what he sees. Abraham has grown into a man that more than just what I see, I see things based on what God sees. Magkaiba po yun. Kahit gaano kapangit ang isang bagay, pag sinasabi ng Panginoon maganda, maganda yun. Probably from our own perspective, it doesn't really look good because you see things based on your perspective. Unwavering faith looks to God and what God sees and not to what looks good. Haven't you noticed if you do mauling, there is a season of telling everybody that this area is on sale. And that sale is almost every week. Haven't you noticed? And it's always 80% up to 80%. Pag nakakita ko 80%, talagang opportunity. God's will. Yung blessing. The first 10 minutes, you're excited because ako lang nakakita nito eh. Kahit wala akong pambayad. But if you take a closer look and you try to take a walk, an hour or two or three, haven't you noticed that your desire is beginning to diminish? Because it's not really what you want. And there are things in your cabinet that you're not using because you buying that item was a wrong decision. It was because you're impulsive. Because you see things from your vantage point, from what you want from what you desire. Instead of taking a walk and asking the Lord, is this really what you want me to spend my money? In fact, that should not be your question. Lord, is this what you want me to spend your money? You don't have the right. You have to ask God for permission because a person who owns his money and you don't see that your money is God's money, I am highly convinced 101% that you are having financial troubles. You don't have to raise your hand. If God is not involved in your finances, I'm highly convinced you're struggling financially. You know why? 
because you spend based on your appetite. It's like eating in a restaurant. It's like going to a grocery hungry. Kahit ni mo kailangan, nabibili mo. Pagutom ka. Ito masarap to, ito masarap to. Hindi ka makailangan ng galas, pero masarap to. Gagawa ako ng pulburon. Yung, 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 you have all the reasons. You have an ability to convince yourself that you need it. You want to feed yourself with what you see. This is why in verse 13, now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Why can't he decide based on what God wants? If you ask God, He doesn't want you to be with Him because you're not strong enough to say no to sin. But because the area is well watered and He thinks He'll have more. This situation did not make Lot. This situation revealed Lot. Dati nung mahirap pa yan, talagang napakabait niyan, maayos yan. Nung yumaman, yumabang. Matagal nang mayabang yan. Nilabas lang ng yaman. So I hope starting today that we look at things from the perspective of God. And when you learn to do this, it will be very hard in the onset. But when you learn to look at this from the perspective of God, it will spare you from a lot of troubles. Abraham walked by faith. Lot walked by sight. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, there was a separation. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. God talked to him. I don't know if this is just my assumption. After probably their decision of parting ways, this is just my assumption. It's not in the Bible. Nag-iisip siguro si Abraham, tama ba yung ginawa ko? Napinauna ko siya. How many of you hear you've been in that situation? Yung Christiano ko, pero tama ba yung ginawa ko? Tama bang gumawa ng tama? Alam mo sa isipan mo, tama, pero yung puso, hindi. Naisahan ka doon. Hindi mo niligawan. Naunahan ka. And, 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 and at times we question, even though we have done what is right, and we need God in this picture. We need God's affirmation. This is what God told him. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. Technically, if he went ahead and decided and not allow and not serve Lot, he will feel bad. Because God was simply telling him, even though you don't make a decision, all of this is yours including Lot's property. Because we need to look at chapter 12. The reason why Lot was prospered by God, because he was attached to Abraham. That's where the blessing is. And God affirmed him that this land is yours, left, right, front, center. So from famine to the falling out, Abraham is learning. Anybody here, you're learning through the years of being a Christian that every mistake is a learning experience? If you're a businessman, before you hit the peak of success, you will have to go through a lot of challenges. You will lose left and right. You will be learning a lot. And a friend of mine would always tell me, you know what? Losing an amount of money in a venture is not really my loss. It is just a tuition fee that you're enrolling in a school. It is an investment that you did learn something. Your job is to learn from your mistakes. I hope who we are. Then more than just learning from our mistakes, the wisest person will not learn from his mistakes and would never commit the same mistake because he can learn from somebody's mistake. This is why from famine to the falling out with Lot, he is learning and was learning to respond right. The third part is the fight. From famine to fall out to the fight. Lot moved to Sodom. And the reason why we have this portion of our message today was because his move paved the way for Abraham to be involved again. This is what happened. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, 
the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out and they joined battle in the valley of Zidim. With Kedorlamer, king of Elam, Tidal, king of Goem, or Tidal, should I say, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arya, king of Elasar, four kings against five. They fought. Now, the valley of Zidim was full of bitumen pits. As the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot because he is in the crossfire. If he did not choose to be in this area, he will never be part of the crossfire. And because he sees things by sight and not by faith, he is in trouble. I'm telling you, you'll be into a lot of troubles if you don't move by faith. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's brother, who was dwelling in Sodom and his possessions and went their way. And because he is in the area that he has decided to move by sight and not by faith, he is in trouble. The one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew. Somebody escaped, one person, and told Abram about what happened. When I was reading this portion, I was smiling. You know why? Because most of the movies, there's always one person who would always come out in the middle of the fight and would tell somebody. Usually, it's a Filipino movie. A person reported to Abram, who was living by the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol and of Anur. These were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men, both in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as then. Now, the beauty of this passage is that the reason why when Lot was asking for help, it takes a very rich person to rally 318 people well-trained to fight against four kings. He has so much that he can build an infantry. Not just an infantry, but train special forces. And he divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants and defeated them and pursued them to Koba, should I say, north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the possessions, and also brought back his kinsmen, Lot with his possessions, and the women and the people. What happened to Abram? He decided to let go of Lot, which has been dragging him in his journey. But because he has matured, that he can't allow a family member to be in a situation where he is in need of help and in need to do something about his condition. Abram, when he wrestled with famine, he asked his wife, tell the Pharaoh, that you're my sister. He is a man who wants to save his face. Saving face to saving faith. That I'm not just so consumed with my welfare. Lot needs me and I will save him. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane has a similar account. Not my will, but your will. It is because Christ is selfless that he died on the cross. That in the same account, unwavering faith lives dangerously all for the glory of God. So if he can think of somebody who's willing to die for the sins that he did not commit, I might worship that person, but there's no one in the history of mankind. Only my God, who's not a baby, he's a real man. A real man will go to the cross, die for the sins of humanity and was willing to do it sacrificially. This is why I am a man more than any other man, because the God that I worship is a real man who looked at sin, fought, and won against it. Most men would only be men when everything is comfortable. 
when you're driving your car or your motorcycle and you're enjoying the life that you want for yourself. But when they need to make sacrifices and when they need to make decisions that would cost them of their image, you at that very moment can separate boys from men. And because of this decision, even though it's hard, even though it will cost him death, you're up against kings and the rest of their infantry. There is a greater possibility for Abraham to die. But he is not looking at things the way it is. He is focused on what God can do. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not according to our strength and our ability that we can win. It is the God that we serve that he has stipulated in his word that greater is the Christ that is in us than he that is in the world. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from the victory of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And wavering faith lives for its purpose. And the purpose is for your faith to grow no matter what comes your way. It is easy to be in faith when your salary is increasing. It is okay to easy to say by faith when everything is working perfectly. But the best way to measure if you're growing in faith is that when your faith is tested. How do you know this chair is built to accommodate any size? It looks strong. It smells strong. I feel strong. But put somebody who's heavier than I. You test it. And my prayer is that in the coming weeks, your faith will be tested. But don't be afraid. Greater is He that is in us. He will strengthen you. He will give you the grace to overcome. He will give you the faith to rise above your situation. That you are better, stronger, and faster. That when somebody would cut you while driving your car, if you don't have a car, it's a blessing that nobody will cut you. But whether you have a car or not, somebody will challenge you. Instead of saying and cursing that person, you bless. You respond and not react. When you're in pain, when you're in trouble, when you're struggling with relationships that are really toxic, instead of saying, God, sana masagasaan to ng pagmamahal ng Panginoon. Do you understand? Your heart begins to change. I don't know if I can do that, but let's say, okay? There's always a transformation of the heart that you change. That in fact, when you're in trouble and you're struggling, even though you can solve your situation, you choose to worship God. How many of you here, you have, you have favorite worship songs? Fancy meeting you. No, that, that's not, not a worship song, okay? Check if it's a worship song. Okay? And you sing, worship God, in the midst of your situation. It's easy to worship God when you have received your Christmas bonus in February or March. But when you're having a crisis financially, you pause and say, God, I will worship you. I don't know where to get the next meal. I don't know if I can pay my bills, but I choose to worship you. You know, the Lord will affirm you and He will not give you a plan how to earn and make money. He will teach you His ways that you are mismanaging your finances. You're not spending it well. That you're spending it on wants and not needs because faith will give you the grace to hear from God. So the next time, even though you don't have much the problem is not the size of your salary. The problem is the condition of your heart. And because you can be trusted with little, 
be excited that you will have much. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Panginoon ko, ano man yung tinuturo mo sa akin, sa puso ko, sa pagkatao ko, Panginoon, I want to learn and I want to take it. I might not understand or I might not agree with you, but Lord, bring it on. I welcome correction. I welcome, Lord God, whatever you're telling me that I need to work on. Lord, give me the grace to overcome. Today, I want to do what is right with my time, with my finances, with my relationships, with the way I deal with the opposite sex, with the way I deal with my friends, with the way I carry myself and live the life that you have blessed me with. Teach me. So I welcome your correction. Did you grow my faith to trust you? That you've said in your word, the righteous will live by faith. I trust you, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.